All right, everybody, welcome to the Lair of Secrets podcast, actual play for Cyberpunk Red. When last we played, which was quite a while ago, uh, after cracking open the Titan 1X uh, prototype rig and securing the black box that the maker Enclave had hired the Edge Runners to acquire, um, they caught sight of an inbound Zeta Tech Aerocop. This uh, armored attack craft landed, and its leader, uh, Isabella Izzy Cordero, explained that the uh, the corporation had been tracking the payload specifically to find the edge runners and make them a deal. Two thousand euro, or sorry, ten thousand euro euro bucks each up front to spy on the makers for them. The edge runners rejected the deal, slamming the corpos, and a uh, a firefight broke out. Through grit, luck, and a lot of bullets, the Edge Runners made it away. Atlas took a critical wound after being shot, but survived. Many of the Zeta Tech operatives went down, but Izzy survived and swore vengeance. The team is now preparing to meet with Omen, their nomads, uh, cousins, land based cousins, because uh, Omen is actually more of a seafaring nomad. So that's where we left off. You have the, uh, the Titan. 1X, which is this big sort of self-driving rig. We uh, uh, the, the way I was imagining it was like the, sort of the rigs from uh, Logan, the Wolverine movie, you know, Old Man Logan. <laughs> um, and so big sort of thunderous sort of thing. Uh, it had manual controls inside, which everybody was able to um, take advantage of to hotwire this thing and get it moving. Um, and so you have your own vehicle that had been lent to you by the Nomads, which I believe you also were able to get away with. So um, you are now driving down uh, State Route 101 and making a, a, a rendezvous with um, with the Nomad, with the Nomads whom you had made contact with previously. So it's basically a Nomad forward, forward camp. So in, in Cyberpunk 20, sorry, in Cyberpunk Red, which is set on or about 2045, we haven't picked a specific year, but uh, although we will, because I'm finding out that the calendars are actually kind of important for keeping track of stuff. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> 2045, uh, there have been uh, there was the fourth corporate war, and the United States is not in great shape. Um, nomads control basically all of the transportation between cities. They're the ones who are moving goods around, heavily armored and what have you. Um, and so people aren't just like jumping on the interstate to run down to Los Angeles, right? Like there's, <laughs> if you want to get, most people don't actually want to leave the city. If they do, they're probably doing it in the companies of nomads. And so it's a big deal that Stormhold, which was the industry, the uh, company that developed the self-driving rig was like, ah, we have a plan for this. We're going to restore interstate commerce with our self-driving trucks. You now have this truck and part of your deal was to turn it over to the nomads. When you arrive in camp, we are also, as an aside, testing out some new technology. We're trying out Riverside to, uh, which is a streaming platform to capture video and get it back and deal with some audio issues. So and technology issues that we've had the last few times. We're trying not to have Angry Bog get shorted out yeah. <laughs> yet again. Yeah, no more electromagnets <laughs> near my recording equipment. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you arrive in camp. Um, the you, you are greeted by uh, Rachel Razorhawk Thompson um, and four of her associates. So this is, this is like a forward camp for the nomads. Basically, they have them kind of scattered throughout California where you can, like, They'll, they'll come into this camp, set up a trade deal, move on. This isn't like the main nomad rally point or what have you. This isn't the moving village sort of thing that we saw in 2077. Um, so there's only a handful of people here, but they only needed a handful of people to complete the deal. So um, next to her, so Razorhawk comes up and uh, I don't, so, so Aaron, you tell me, how do nomad, like they're all just one big extended family. So how do 
nomads greet one another or how does your extended clan greet one another so like hugs and kisses or is uh, it just like <laughs> steely eyed nods first a, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, first a, an extension of hands and then kind of pulling each other in for hugs um, as they're a family so a, a greater extended family and whoever you work with will change on a Fairly frequent basis on a run, so you've got to all trust each other. Uh, so it's it's a big giant family. That's what I was figuring, but I didn't yes. want to assume anything. So, <laughs> so she gives you, you know, that like significant hug, like pats on the backs and what have you, and like and 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 then you know she she nods off to the so that you guys are like driving the rig into the camp and it's like sort of rumbling in and a number of the other people who are necessarily associated with the trade off come out and like they're nodding knowingly and um, Ra- Rachel looks to you and says you have delivered that is that is a very impressive rig we can't wait to take it apart <laughs> did you have any difficulties a, a lot, and uh, some corpos tried to get us to change sides, um, though many of them are dead now. Uh, you might want to look for other tracking stuff on there, too. And, um, yes, yeah. Uh, there is tracking devices on there, and it wasn't a good deal. It was a bad deal. Were you followed? I think we lost them. Uh, mostly we killed a lot of them. So the largest concern is we probably need to stay out of the city for a little bit because uh, one of them got away. One of them's alive and she knows our faces, knows our names, and she's going to be putting a tag Although on she's walking back. this is this is true the arrow cop was destroyed so rachel nods knowingly and just uh she turns says all right wrench why don't you and the boys start tearing this thing down and you heard omen take a look for any tracking devices like they'll they'll roll it into um sort of like a wire mesh uh net cage which uh Mm is intended to block uh, radio <clears throat> signals or any other things getting out of it. This is not their first rodeo dealing uh, corporate tech. Um, they are more than happy to uh, to put you up. So Rachel, she's uh, I should have described her. She's, she's clearly a tough customer. Um, cyber arm reinforced with like titanium micro struts for increased durability and strength. And she's got a skin weave that is like it doesn't sparkle in the sun. Rather, it just kind of absorbs it, the sunlight, and just her appearance is very muted. This other guy comes up. Clearly, his name is uh, his name is Wrench, um, Danny Wrench O'Connor. Uh, he's got a uh, Kang Tau uh, Type 97 submachine gun kind of hanging from a strap around his neck, um, and he's got like this uh, a utility vest overflowing with spare parts and gadgets, and then a cybernetic tool hand that, as you watch, he's and he's like approaching it. You can just see he's like rotating through the like sort of the the mental menu of all the different things that his tool hand can do right so it's like popping out the screwdriver and then it folds (laughs) back in and then the laser cutter pops out and like what have you right and he is exceedingly eager to tear this thing down uh rachel uh just gives you or rather razor hawk uh gives you uh, like a big um wolfish grin as she sees uh wrench going over and like the 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 crew starts to descend on it and they uh, and and start tearing things apart you can see through the wire mesh as they're just like 
exceedingly like they, it's like there's like a chop shop right like they're taking it apart they're documenting it as they do so like to figure out which piece goes where and <laughs> starting to like lay it off to us you know once they've screened it they start assembling a thing off to the side and she says uh you know big mama is very impressed with with your work and we might have some additional work for you in the future um and and so you know this we had the deal but we feel like we can we can offer you a little bit more. You are family, and she kind of looks to everybody else around you, um, and your family is welcome here. So we're more than happy to put you up for a couple of days while we tear this thing down. And um, you know, if there's if there's any particular gear that you would like, you can go visit um, Arnold over at the Gear Shack, and he will uh, he will hook you up. So out of game like basically up to a piece of gear up to uh 200 evs in worth is can be acquired from them is that each of us each. Oh, cool cool yes so uh sorry to interrupt uh i'm doing this documentary thing on edge runners just wondering if you'd be okay with me filming keeping everybody's names out of it Faces out of it, out of it, if need be, but uh, trying to bring light to the plight of everybody out out here and and uh, what the corpse are doing to the world. I think Razorhawk kind of takes a step back and is like, "This is family business." That's why I asked. EPT chuckles a bit at this. <laughs> APT just just kind of grins. <laughs> well, I will applaud your motivations. There are things that should be known to the about the nomad lifestyle that should only be known by nomads and perhaps a few trusted associates. It is not the sort of thing that should be broadcast to the larger world or even Night City. All right. That's why, that's like why I asked. Flexes her cybernetic arm a little bit. <laughs> Angry Bob is is biting back a uh, a sarcastic, you know, like, oh, you mean like the nude orgies out in the dusty dusty uh, desert here? But he bites that back because, well, there's more of them than there are him, and they're a lot smarter than the than the gangs the gangers that we dealt with earlier. This is true. <laughs> so I will say, just as a as a as an aside, uh, the focus of this episode is is really on downtime. We had some folks talk about like, hey, you know, it'd be cool if you showed your downtime. So this is going to be less high action and more figuring out what our characters are doing when they're not edge running. And also, part of this is figuring out the economy of Cyberpunk Red because um, the, the the crew was paid five hundred up front. Um, they have 500 euro bucks up front, and then they're, we're going to get another 100, 500 on the backside. But as we're finding, as we get into like the economy, that doesn't go very far. Nope. <laughs> so we're going to be figuring out people's lifestyles, what kind of stuff they'd want to be, just how big of a gift is gear up to 200 EVs. So. Do we still have to go back to our, our fixer and get the uh, other 500? You yeah. have to meet up with the makers and drop off the or black box. Maker. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So, so the maker the enclave has already established like the drop point. Okay. You would have gotten a ping about that. So the the so how bad so I, I forget Josh how how badly beat up is 
Atlas. I know um, we, we were I looking had, at this before offline, but I had a foreign object that was where, like, if I moved more than like four four yards or something like that, I uh, resuffered damage. Um, but it was a first aid. Uh, it was just a first aid check with a thirteen difficulty, and it looks like it, we already did it because I have a roll okay, for so, a fifteen first aid. So yeah, I think you took the whatever piece of metal shrapnel out of you. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but you're still injured. So yeah, like I'm we, still like at 30 of 45 <laughs> HP right now. Right. So, <laughs> so we, I'm we not feeling too great. <laughs> right. So, uh, but we pulled the bullet out of me. I don't or think anybody else is injured. Are they? No, no, I wasn't yeah. injured. We got off remarkably easy. The solo, the solo did his job really well. <laughs> yes, he did. Shot things and was the bullet sponge. Very good. All right. Wait, here's healing. I have my I have my tab set up in the book, so I don't have to remember what stuff is called because the healing chapter is called Trauma Team. Which I love yeah. that how things are evo- evocative in the naming of the chapters, but it doesn't really help my brain when what I'm looking for is like <laughs> health and healing. Uh, page 188 <laughs> is the critical injury uh, chart, if that's what you were looking for. No, I was looking for how to recover. Oh, oh, just recover. So I was, <laughs> I was looking through and I'm going like, well, Angry Bob doesn't really need a lot of cyberware or anything like that. And then I just happened to open up the book and I see shoulder cam and I'm like, wait, what? Oh, it's a cyber arm <laughs> option. Hmm, maybe Bob needs to replace his arm. It's a pop-up camera in the user's shoulder that tracks independently of the user and records video and auto- audio to an onboard memory chip or a linked agent. So, and it can be successfully concealed without a check and can be drawn and stowed without an action. So that's like angry Bob's like familiar at that point, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ted, get some footage. Well, I can give you some downtime actions. Omen was really pissed last session at the end at killing all those people and ending up with a giant target on their backs. Could have just said no and gotten out kind of cleanly, but now there's there's sort of a blood debt owned and Izzy Cordano isn't is going to come after us no matter how much money. There there's basically going to be no swaying her that much. She's going to come after us. Omen drove back really silent and angry the last time, but then now seeing the nomads has calmed her down just just a smidge so that she's not going to explode at everybody else here. She's going to go and work some of that off with some martial arts, which she was trying to train in anyway. Cool. So, so. I will. So uh, I was just I found the, the page just to talk about healing. So because this is really only relevant to Atlas. We'll come back to you in one sec, but it says once a successful sure. stabilization has been reached, the target will heal a number of hit points equal to their body for each full day they spend resting, um, spending the majority of each day taking it easy and doing only light activity until they're full HP again. If the patient pushes it, they will gain no HP that day, and the wounds will reopen 
and they will need to receive stabilization again to restart the healing process. Unless you're mortally wounded, but you're not mortally wounded. Yeah. So how many days is it going to take you to get back up to full, Josh? Uh, my body is seven, so like two point something, <laughs> two point low number. Two days would get okay, me so- back up to 44 or 45. Let's put it that way. Okay, so basically, we'll say it's basically three days. Yeah. Um, and is is the is it the intent? So it's it's probably going to take them three days to tear this thing down. Is your intention to like? I don't know that you have a specific like the makers are looking for it to be delivered. Um, but we'll talk about that in a sec. So you, so so obviously, <laughs> Atlas needs to chill and and rest for a bit. And the nomads are have already said they're willing to put you up. I'm assuming it's going to take a couple of days for them to like really tear down and document the Titan. Um, so there's a, so I'm trying, I don't remember if I had this in the notes about whose fixer actually made contact for the initial deal. Did we ever figure Probably that out? Probably not was it APT? <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it was mine. If I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. Cause I only have Sorry, Netrunner APT. <laughs> I don't know why. Have you met you? I don't know why. So, I'm sorry, David. I, don't know. I keep picking. I keep picking an angry Bob. I, APT has a thing about media. I'm sorry. <laughs> did we have a name for your fixer contact, Chris? We did. Uh, I gotta find it. Uh, just a second. Let me see if it's in my character sheet. I might have put it in the relationships. Uh, path friends. Um, Uh, Bastien Leclerc. Okay, cool. So was, that was Bastien Leclerc. Yeah, he goes by Priest. Okay. Um, so you get a ping from Priest who informs you that, like, you basically, I'm assuming, so, well, I'm not going to assume anything. So the job is done. Everybody's starting to request. Uh, so Omen does actually go off, like, so I'm assuming this is sort of like the smoldering anger, just like you just need to go off and punch something sort of thing. And I'm guessing everybody's going to pick up on that vibe. Yes, yes. She tries to play it as cool as she can when meeting the other nomads, because that's family. But yeah, soon after she can break away and go and do her... Active pouting. So is it like, you know, presu- like presumably like the, the, the nomads, even in their downtime, like they're, they're, they're continuing to work out and what have you. Right. So I'm assuming that like there's an yeah. old punching bag or something. So is would people hear Omen like kind of walk off and then there's a series of heavy thuds and grunts as she's just like taking out all of her frustrations on the bag or like what, how, how would that is absolutely <laughs> the plan. <laughs> Go find a body bag and <laughs> beat the crap out of it. Um, she is trying to work into martial arts because um, despite being in a world that she is um, in with guns and everything, guns are not her favorite weapon. Uh, she's She what? prefers sneaking up and just getting a little bit more hands-on, punching people and... I don't know. There's something tactile about Omen's world, and guns lack that tactileness. She can't feel the road, can't feel the the skin of of a hit. So, um, 
she's going to be beating her knuckles down to bruises and quite probably the first layer of skin is going to be gone. <laughs> I think uh, I think Bob's going to go talk to Omen after a little bit. And <laughs> let her wear herself out first. Otherwise, you're the next punching well, I don't bag. know if I agree. So, that, so hold on. So hold on. So, so uh, angry Bob had asked to record, but was denied. And then he's like, huh, cyber arms, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, Obi walks off pissed. Uh, and so then, so APT, you're the one who has the contact. Like, so yeah. Atlas presumably just kind of like lowers himself to the ground, pops a beer, and he's like, ah. Uh. <laughs> Is that about accurate, Josh? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. He's just gonna. Uh, all right, you guys have fun doing what you're doing. I'm just gonna lay here for a while. Ugh. Yeah, APT is gonna grab a, a seat at a at a, one of the one of the tables nearby and uh, just call priest. Let him know the job's done. So, how much detail do you go into about like you know? So, so he'll acknowledge that the job was completed. Um, he informs you that the makers have a basically um, rotating algorithm that they use to determine where to do meetups based on the time, mm-hmm. but like j- just in time meetup. They don't like to presuppose where they're going to be and give their enemies an opportunity to ambush them. So mm-hmm. um, he gives you he gives you the uh, the direct like sort of cyber card contact for. Uh, Athena, who was one of the people whom you had met with at Mm -hmm. uh, Tom's Diner. And do you give him any additional information about how the job went, or is it more just like, it's done? Pure business. (laughs) Uh, It's done. Unless he asks something, I'm not volunteering anything. Okay. Okay, so per the deal, uh, you will get your final payment after you do the meetup with Athena. Okay. All right. So um, there's, so let's see. So that's about it for now. Is there anything else that APT is doing immediately after the, um, like, so it, I'm assuming it's a couple hours have passed, but it's yeah. not like significant developments would never necessarily have I'll, happened. I'll probably wander over and uh, wander over to that, uh, the vendor tent. See, uh, I've got my eye out. I'm looking for a backup drive from my cyber deck. So okay. if uh, if they have one of those, I'm going to pick one up. Is that I a, think that seems like exactly the sort of thing that Nobads would have. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what the equivalent is with so how much does it go for in the uh 100. Okay. So yeah, so I mean something David. I was just wondering what it was like in terms of equipment. Uh, as far as uh, the game goes, a backup drive, when it's installed on a cyber deck, it saves non-black ice attacker, defender, and booster programs that are destroyed by pulling them into the backup drive an instant before they meet their end. Okay. Which means that I don't have to rebuy things. So that would be that um, would probably be under the cyberware stuff or the the cyber deck stuff. It, I was yes, I was looking at some, the master gear list, which lists cyber decks, and I was looking for it there. And then realized, no, oh, wait, it's we in, have Cyberdeck hardware, which is a separate list. Yeah. It's in Cyberdeck hardware. It takes up two slots. Yep. I think that's a excellent purchase. Yeah, so it's, it's a little dusty, kind of beat up. Um, yeah. Probably was taken from a deck that had been shredded. <laughs> but it's wiped and totally adequate, right? Like, you know, it's refurbished. 
Yeah, no, that's fine. And it takes about an hour to install, so APT will get her toolkit out and get to work um, just to kind of kill time. So, to, so remind me because I'm just I'm uh, I have notes from our last adventure, but I don't. Rec- I, I was trying to remember exactly how the shooting started. <laughs> so uh, they started it. Was it like? No, I don't sorry, remember. I don't remember. <laughs> Atlas wanted to. Uh, I think it's. St- Atlas wanted to take out the rest of the party. He wanted to use his his uh, grenade or his launcher. Um, I remember because I was like, oh, Omen is really pissed about that. <laughs> so what did they try out his new rocket launcher on the corpse, <laughs> on the corpos? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. That was my recollection. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so, um, so, angry, so, uh, so some, some time passes. Angry Bob, you're going to try and go talk to Omen? Yeah, yeah. You're waiting until she's collapsed in a heap, I presume. Uh, I'll wait till she's got like a, a water break sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. So. You walk up, she'll shoot daggers and, you know, her eyes will shoot daggers yeah. at you. So, uh, why are you so upset? You're, I mean, <laughs> it's obvious, but we got away. Things are pretty good. Uh, you said yourself. It's obvious. What needs to be said? I don't know what. Why are you upset? Like, I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> then it's not obvious. Man, media. Keep it plain. <laughs> it's obvious to me that we got away pretty clean. So I'm. We didn't get away clean. We've got bo- giant targets on our no, back. What are you clean talking about? Running. You realize that she, she's never going to stop hunting us. You realize that, right? I mean, you make a lot of enemies in this business. Okay, but we've made them early and we don't have any ability to really there, defend against that. What was the choice, that. though? I mean, what was the choice? Just, they weren't going to let us go. We wouldn't have been able to finish the job. Sure they were. What? So Omen starts crunching her fists again. You want to argue this? I don't want to argue this. I just want to understand, <laughs> like, if we're going to do these sorts of jobs, we're going to make enemies. And, like, when you deal with the corpse, they're not going to walk so away. So we should go out of our way to do that. What? So, so we should go out of our no. way to do that. But they weren't going to let us walk away. Which is what we did. I wasn't walking away. I was driving without away. Without the truck. Without without the black box. They weren't going to be able to take it. Sure. Taking out the helicopter. Great idea. No argument there. What are they going to do when that was gone? Well, then we still would have left enemies behind. How are they going to... I, okay, let me ask okay. you this. We've got let enemies right you, now uh, and like, worse. How ones. would you have resolved it? Driven away quickly. It's how that works. I don't know that that would have worked. Well, then I guess we have a difference right. of opinion. 
You leave bodies, you leave debts. And we have a big one now. That seems like a great cut scene. Yep. So meanwhile, back at the forest, <laughs> not, not at the forest, at the fire. <laughs> what, how's Atlas feeling after all of this, right? Like, And what did he do with the random piece of metal that he pulled out of his body? Like, is he putting it on a chain? Did he just toss it over his shoulder? Like, does he have a collection of these things? Uh, no, like I've got a, I basically took it and I'm just like, as I'm laying on the bed, like just healing and everything, I'm just staring at it and kind of like twirling it around in my fingers, thinking about how I am going to make a necklace out of this. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a pretty cool like little badge of honor and, and a good reminder of everything that we went through so um thinking back on that though so i guess how much can i push it before i'm pushing it <laughs> like am i able to like get up and walk around and look at the cyberware stuff and oh yeah i think so i mean i think as long as i think the, the key thing is if you're not if you're actively um <laughs> You know, if there were a firefight to go down or if you decided you were going to go out and about in the city and like go, you know, heavy drinking or something like that, I think oh, that's yeah, where no, you start no, pushing no, it and you're no, not recovering. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you're just like walking around the camp, taking things in. And I guess the other thing is like, so what is Atlas's take on Omen storming away? Is he just like oblivious to it? He's like, well, this was a great job. I got to blow stuff up and everything's fine. <laughs> uh, no, that was I took some shrapnel. That was a little too close for comfort. So I get where she's a little upset too. And it's more I think it's more I really wish that that went down a little bit better and I'm also kind of regretting not taking that $10,000. <laughs> but at the same time I'm like I don't know how sincere that $10,000 or 10,000 ED offer was and it may have just been to get us close enough where they could just cap us in the head easier. So <laughs> So I guess in at a certain in a certain respect, I'm more, I need to get something where I can see better now. So I'm kind of looking <laughs> over the, like, uh, the cyber eye stuff that they've got there. So I'd say that they don't have, they don't have a ripper dock here. What they would have is <laughs> like just, just more standard gear, right? So yeah. if you wanted a new gun, specialized ammo, um, random hard drives lying around, like that kind of stuff, no, but not, yeah. um, I mean, you'd have to go to, they don't have a ripper dock in, in residence. Makes sense. So yeah, I'm just kind of glancing over. That's probably what I'm looking. At. I'm looking for something like that, but just not finding it. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's not like Rocket Raccoon's collection of like randomly pulled cyberware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, I doubt he's. I doubt Atlas has ever been in a nomad camp before. So this is true. And there may be some like I'm sure there's nomad camps where they do have a Ripper Dock in staff, but this is more like you know your forward camp. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, makes the sense. random crap that they've managed to salvage or trade for. Yeah, um, so there's like scopes, right? That kind of like, you know, if you were looking for some add-ons to your weapons, which I'm not even yeah. totally aware of what's available. Yeah. Um, so they probably have a, a scope or something like that. See if there's like some attachments for the assault rifle that I've got and stuff like that to make it a little bit more deadly. I didn't even think about that. So while that's happening, so we, like, things can just kind of like ha continue to happen fluidly. Is anything? Are there any other major like role playing confrontations that you would expect to happen on this particular day? 
Not on day one, no. <laughs> day one, I'm mostly just – if I, I'm walking around for like five, ten minutes looking at what they got and then I'm going back and just laying down and falling asleep. <laughs> so the uh, so the next, the, the next day um, – so, so night passes. Uh, you continue to hear the whir and like – gleeful uh, <laughs> exclamations from the nomads as Wrench is just so excited about tearing things apart. Um, uh, the next day, there's a, you know, you check your... So, so who is who of, among your characters is in the habit of checking the scream sheets? Definitely Angry Bob. What are scream sheets? So, so scream sheets are like the, the equivalent of like newspapers in uh, 2045. Oh, and uh, remember, okay. as a media, I get rumors. Okay, and cool. That's, so that's under your uh, control. I guess, so I believe. Oh, is it? Okay, I'll have to look that up. So, um, uh, okay. So in the um, land of the, the scream sheet first. So there's uh, two big stories that dominate things. Um, and, and so like the scream sheets are like, I imagine there's not like one monolithic scream sheet. Like there's a whole bunch of like individual ones that you could follow. They're more like collections of feet, like news feeds and stuff like that. So I'm imagining that angry Bob is like, has the mix of like not front page news, but like one step lower, right? Like the guy, like, you know, the, the happenings amongst the edge runners and like, you're trying to get a sense for like what pops right out of the background static. that is nice city. And there is a, there's a story there, uh, self-driving semi stolen Stormhold claims machine is on extended shakedown cruise in a daring midday edge runner attack on old state highway one Oh one, uh, or sorry, a daring uh, midday edge runner attack on Old State Highway 101 led to the loss of Stormhold Transport's Titan X1 prototype, according to confidential informants. The prototype was lost near the Iron Oasis intersection of State Route 101 and County Road 13. Bob starts cursing says, loudly, by the way, halfway through this. <laughs> this was his scoop. <laughs> uh well, we'll get to that in one quick sec. So, because uh, I, I should have asked you another question beforehand. So, you, it might have actually been filed by okay, you, right? Okay. Uh, the anonymous source says it was the nomads. Obviously, they don't want anyone cutting into their territory. Stormhold denies the claim and says that the Titan X1 set for release in Q4 is on an extended shakedown cruise, and the alleged incident was a misunderstood weapons test. Nice. Um, the other notable headline uh, that uh, – and there's a lot of like spinoffs and speculation and sort of like the equivalent of blog posts and podcasts. Just like the city is abuzz with this is um, the th- uh, Thruster Blade Rumble Annual Tournament ramping up. Get ready for racing mayhem as the Thruster Blade Rumble returns. The citywide tournament sponsored by Malarian Arms kicks off Monday and runs at locations throughout Night City, culminating at the end of the month with the championship races at McCarty Stadium. Would you like to know more? (laughs) (laughs) So those are the kind of – so the the first thing is more of – so what did – so I I meant to ask this before I got into the screen sheet, but what – what did Angry Bob do? Like, what stories did he file? Like, did he tip somebody else off and provide some of this stuff? Like, did he go out and, like, pull together these sources? Is this his story or is he posting his own thing off to the side? I mean, like, he, th- 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 that was, like, we didn't get to it yet, but, like, the 
the side, the part, there's like the two, two things that you could do. You could do like a little mini downtime run, or you could earn money as a media. Um, and so like, uh, yeah, he's, he's filing the story, uh, and filing all the serial numbers of who was involved off. Um, and, uh, you know, like it was a big thing, uh, in terms of, uh, it, it was a, you know, obviously there was a, a big firefight, you know, there was a, uh, the, the, the thing came down, the, sorry, the, uh, air car came down, Aerocop. uh, and so, yeah, he's, he's filing a story, uh, as he's treading the line between giving lots of detail and yet not enough detail to identify anybody involved other than the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm kind of imagining is because you have your own channel and your own feed, but you're not like citywide, right? Right. right. Like, he, like you don't have that big of a following. He'll still he'll still file as like a freelance reporter where he can. Like I think that's that, I think that's how he keeps himself in kibble. Um, is just gotcha. Like while he's while he's faking it till he's making it, he's he's doing all the the freelance stuff to to just earn his, you know, earn money to feed himself and put a roof over his head. Right. So we'll look at your, your, the, the, the specific downtime for this. But so what I'm imagining is you filed the thing to your couple hundred followers, um, with this, with the, the serial numbers filed off, it got picked up by some other media that amp, then amplified it. And then it ended up in the screen sheet, like your two or three sources removed because you're that, but not that big of a name yet. Right. And you didn't specifically go out with like, your, like if you had done a live stream of this and like, you know, interviewing all of your people as you're going, it might've broken big, but you chose not to do that. Right? Well, like, I mean, he's got all the recordings be- and then they got all messed up. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> So, so yeah, so the story is out there, um, but this wasn't your story. This was like two steps removed from your story. So right. we'll figure out how much. So, but presumably they pay you some amount of euro bucks for like you know picking up on the lead or what have you, right? Like and maybe you were able to like you had a little bit of salvaged video from the firefight that you were able to like sell like just a shaky twenty second clip, right? Of like the rocket slamming into the air. Hopefully that, yeah. Hopefully hopefully the rocket <laughs> slamming in, you know, that'll that'll worth that'll be worth a few bucks. Okay, so um APT, you get uh so I'm assuming that APT is kind of because you have your fixer you have like, you know, you, you, I'm assuming you kind of have your finger on the pulse of like the various. APT is always. Boards. APT is one of those people that's always looking for work. Yeah. So, so there's yeah. some ping. There's a, there's a ping that pops up, um, which you have never seen before. You, you kind of like you set it up as like one of those like news alerts that you were watching for. But like you didn't ever expect that it would come up. And so they. um there is it. It pops that you. I put my notes here. Um, your names pop up and associated with a, a bounty by an unnamed individual. Like it shows up on the bounty board. Don't tell mm. Roman. <laughs> just, just how, much are, finger at us. how much are they asking for us? Oh no! <laughs> so. Uh, 
<laughs> Don't do it, APT. Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, 500 EBs each. Oh, that's it? Seems pretty standard. Yeah. Um, for information leading to the location of, mm-hmm. you know, for the, and then, you know, additional um, funds. I'm surprised Atlas doesn't have a little bit higher. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just so, so, you know, that was just for information leading to the location thereof. Contact for additional information related to, you know, live capture and what have you. Well, then, um, over breakfast. Uh, she will try to draw everybody over. And over coffee, she will casually mention that there that uh, we have bounties out on us. They're not large, but they're large enough to gather some interest. And I would so I would say that like they don't know the specifics of everything, but I think mm-hmm. Izzy knows who Atlas is because they had they had a moment, if I remember yeah. correctly. So yes, they did. I think the, the bounty is pr- like, so mm-hmm. the bounty is for more information about an edge running crew led by Atlas. Led by. Right. Nice. So he is. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, but when I get to the end of my, my, my very soft spoken little announcement, I look at Atlas and say, what should we do? Glorious leader. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And there's like there's descriptions of the other edge runners who were her in because I think they would have been able to catch glimpses of all of you at one point or another. But mm-hmm. like Atlas is the one that they had the most information on that they were able to say, yeah, this is the guy. <laughs> yep. Yep. And they don't have necessarily the, the known associates for everyone else. Um, well, this seems like an appropriate time because uh, I know we were moving. Atlas towards a new name. So <laughs> I just love how Omen, so, Omen Omen is just completely unable to handle the fact that there's a bounty on her. I think that's hysterical. <laughs> it's like, God, what are you new? Did yeah. you not expect this? I don't I don't understand. APTU is incredibly blase about this, by the way. I need to it's hard to she shows no emotion as she talks about this. She just is like, this is just a thing that happens. Bob. So Omen isn't like fly off the handle anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's worked this out a little bit. It did get them the truck a little bit easier. Hanging out with the nomads has helped. Um, it's mollified the anger and probably maybe she had some like heart to heart with with somebody who's a little bit more senior than her. Um, but since we're moving Atlas to that new name, <laughs> now we're just fried chicken shake and bake. <laughs> Angry Bob looks a little excited at the news that there's a bounty after them. Because in his mind, oh, in he's his getting mind, named. There's some fame cool. along, uh, that goes along with that, which is, you know, notoriety, which may mean that, you know, people start picking up on his his uh, articles and, and video. So. Yeah, that could be that your edge runner crew, fried chicken. Fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's a crew name. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. So uh, this news <laughs> is shared with everybody else. Um, 
the uh, and, and you know it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a reputation, right? So mm-hmm. um, the uh, so what do how, do how does the rumors thing work, David? For your uh, um, it's called credibility. Um, Medias are deeply plugged into information networks. Assuming you are entirely off-grid, at least twice per week, the GM will secretly roll your credibility rank, which is or credibility rank and a D10. Uh, my credibility rank, I believe, is four. Yes. Um, credibility rank is four, so D10 plus four. Uh, if the check beats any of the DVs on the rumor table's passive column, the GM will clue the media in on the highest DV rumor, uh, which which their check beats. Uh, these are the same rumors that a media will find by hitting the street during gameplay using their relevant information gathering skills like library search, conversation, or interrogation. Uh, so is there a rumors table that I'm using, or is this – I need to – 151. Okay, um, cool. And – so it goes from vague, typical, substantial to detailed rumor. Um, when a media is actively looking for a rumor, they ro- roll stat plus skill plus D10, um, which I'm not actively looking for a rumor right now. Okay. So you did not pick up any rumors. Okay. I guess I would just tell you that if you did, not that you didn't. <laughs> but either way, you don't pick up on a rumor. Like, right. So no, no news info like, comes to me other than the scream sheets. So um, the uh, the bounty does not uh, so far like you know. So I guess you know the bounties are out there. It's, it is a, a thing that known. It might cause you a little bit of interest as you get into the city. Um, I think it would be a function of like you know other edge runners might look at it as a little bit like they look at Atlas a little bit more. Huh. You know. You've got some standing now, but, you know, it's only 500. They're yeah. not going to necessarily go and turn you in, right? As opposed to there could be certain corpo-related uh, hounders who are like, yep, this is what we do. They're just like, you know, it's bounty hunter. Dog the bounty hunter, right? Like he goes out looking for you and they're just like, yeah, you know, 500 still pays. You know, it's going to buy you some kibble and, you know, some cheap beer. So uh, might have a couple of people who are looking for you. So is the intention to stay here for the three days it takes for Atlas to recover? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Omen's happiest here. They got to stay with their fearless leader. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there are no other notable developments that happen during that time. Um, so you you do know from the from the, the scream sheets, like there's other things that are happening as, as the days go by. It is um, sort of just cloudy with a chance of rain as you start contemplating heading back into uh, Night City. The city is a buzz with just the way that the, the the Turbo Blade tournaments are going to be happening, which are actually so this this Turbo Blade tournament. It's uh, they actually have Rocket Blade. So if you imagine Battle Angel Alita, um, if you guys have seen this, like there's a huge stadium, and and basically you have people who are jacked up on cybernetics um, and who are competing with one another. So it's the Fast and the Furious meets Cyberpunk, and there's street races. There's basically like prescribes street races happening throughout night city. Um, probably not in the super rich areas, but maybe right. Like they might have a, like, they might have just like a, 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 uh, the equivalent of like a state a street stadium set up. Right. Just, but it's really nice and plush, but basically it goes from 
dark and gritty, like in the worst slums of Night City to you know, wherever. You've got all these like sort of mini tournaments happening where people with rocket blades are competing both individually and as teams to for the notoriety of being able to go to McCarty Stadium for the big showdown at the end of the month. And so these kind of like micro events are popping up all over the city. Um, the as you may, you know, APT will make contact with uh, Athena, who points you to a parking garage in Night City, where you can meet up for the exchange. Right. <clears throat> oh, uh, while we were still in the Nomad camp, uh, was I able to find a sniping scope and some incendiary ammo? <laughs> How much does a sniping scope go for? A hundred. And the hundred for yeah. the ammo too. That's always yes, like two hundred would be fine. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, and, and uh, if Bob could, what was it? Oh shoot, I should have written that down. Um, Bob was going to see if he could pick up a couple of things as well from the uh, from the nomads. Uh, a med tech bag. Um. Uh, probably a handful of memory chips. Uh, where was it? Um, what is that? Nope, that's not what I wanted. Um, Sorry. Well, well David's looking for stuff. Sorry. Aaron, yeah. Go, I'll, I'll let you know in a minute. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Aaron, was there anything you were looking to pick up in camp? I picked up some light armor, Jack, which is a hundred and a grappling gun. <laughs> I mean, we, I kind of already had a grappling gun from like the, 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 you may already have light armor, Jack too. Planning session. Oh, do I? Okay. So I have to kind of look again, I guess. Okay. I don't really find a whole lot that I like in the equipment section. Are you, are you in page uh, the 300s? Page 300? Okay. Yes. 351. Yep. Oh, uh, clothing. I don't know where clothing is. That's what I was going to get. Clothing is page 356. Clothing's expensive. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And if you know, I guess, Aaron, if there's something you're looking for that you're not seeing in the equipment lists, let me know, because we have we have black chrome and I got the um, Danger Gal dossier, which also has some additional okay. equipment that, you know, if we don't know where it is. The other thing is, like, you know, for future reference, like, you know, the camp might not have it because we haven't figured out where we can find it from a right. game rules perspective. That's but cool. There's a lot of 2020 supplements out there that I bet you there's almost something for anything. I would tell you that it is like climbing shoes and climbing uh, gloves because Nomad likes to death from above. And- <laughs> 
that sort of thing. She likes to scale buildings, which you've discovered. <laughs> indeed, indeed, in our uh, <laughs> session zero. Everybody likes to uh, break in. I'm just going to go climb up on top. <laughs> All right, well, we can look for stats for those. Uh, and I haven't, I looked through Black Chrome, but I didn't get super into looking through it. So we can, uh, we can follow up on that one later. Uh, David, do you know what you want? Uh, I was looking up, uh, you know what? Um, I will pick up a nomad leather jacket, but I'm going to end up paying 50 of my own money to help pay for that. Okay. So he's got like, yeah. So picked up a a med tech bag, uh, five memory chips, and a nomad leather jacket. So you know he needs to blend in different places, different times. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, anybody else doing anything while you remain in the nomad camp? Um, no, sir. Bob's gonna. Talk to people. I mean, he doesn't always make people angry. <laughs> He's just going to get to know that people. Remains, that, that, that remains to be seen. We'll find out. Let's just, you know, he's got some decent social skills. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and roll one of those? <laughs> what are you trying to do to just, just, just get to like know making, people, making friends, talk to people. Okay. Um, you know, make so some, you, maybe make some contacts. Uh, I rolled persuasion, right. uh, or I could roll conversation, which is not as good. I would say conversation. Uh, conversation. Why, why? This is more of like that's not so bad. Uh, I got a sixteen. Sixteen yeah, is not too bad. So I think you know they're 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 put off by the media. Like your request was like so such a like a faux pas, right? That like it. It just throws everybody for a loop. But by the third day of like hanging out and and drinking and like not the, pulling the camera the fact out that the, <laughs> or shoving right, not pulling the camera face. out and sort of like the news of the corpos, right? Like putting a bounty on you. Like it wasn't connected directly <laughs> back to Zeta Tech, but the idea that there is actually now a bounty, mm-hmm. like you know, there it's it's not a huge bounty, so they're not particularly concerned that someone's going to be showing up in the nomad camp that like, you've drawn danger to them. Like if it was 10,000 a piece, they'd be like, yeah, you should be moving along. But you know, all of this kind of comes together that you have a little bit more edge than you seem to like, you just seem like an over-enthusiastic news hound when you showed up in camp <laughs> was their take on it. Um, it was. And so, you know, you, you chat with a couple of, <laughs> after a few beers and a few smokes, like, they, 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 they don't want to talk about like their personal lives per se, but they'll want to talk about cool things they've had. Other like I think logically it goes to other things that they have found and taken apart. Gotcha. <laughs> and like, you know, there's inevitably sort of like the, the sort of, I'll go back to the Fast and Furious. Like you've gotten to the scene where a family is hanging out, you're having a bunch of coronas, and you're talking about like all those different jobs you've done over time. So, you know. They don't necessarily give you your calling cards, but you now have a better insight into nomad culture. And, you know, if you were to hook up with these nomads again, they wouldn't be happy to, they wouldn't be unhappy to see you. Cool. Cool. Aw, you're making friends. I tried. <laughs> and I think, 
both Razorhawk and and Wrench would be like, you know, they're kind of like the leaders for this group. One hand's like the Razorhawk's like the person who's running point and um, Wrench is the person who's kind of handling the text on the back end. And so I think in terms of contacts, those would be people whom you would be able to reach out to if you needed to. Okay. What was it? Razorhawk and Wrench. Wrench. Okay. And, and Razorhawk just kind of gives you like all of the ways that you are a media dumbass. That's sure. like her contribution. <laughs> like Wrench is like, you know, he's telling you stories, slamming back the Corona's like, you know, yeah, yeah, this is fantastic. Meanwhile, Razorhawk is like looking at you like you're going to get yourself killed if you wander <laughs> into additional nomad camps, pointing cameras around. And so she proceeds to like, just kind of like, it's in a somewhat affectionate way by the end. <laughs> I yeah. just would love to hear her open this with you. You know what your problem is? Yeah. <laughs> You're a dumbass. It's like, well, it's good to be self-aware, you know. Uh, I've been called worse, so. I would like to explain to you, you are a dumbass. <laughs> APT will... She's pretty quiet, but she'll sit around the fire with people. She does a lot of listening. She'll chime in occasionally. It would come out that she comes from a European nomad clan. Oh, okay. Um, that is her background. Um, she doesn't go into details about why she left or what happened, but, you know, she'll say something like, oh, this reminds me of this thing in, in France or blah, blah, blah. And, um, but she'll... She's not actively trying to make contacts or anything, but she's it's almost like she's trying to not be antisocial. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> her inclination would be to go to sit in a corner and tinker on her deck, but <laughs> Right. Right. And I think that buys you a little like, you know, I, I think nomads are like, you know, they, they would see you with respect, but also some confusion as to why anybody would leave the clan and right. you know. Um probably don't poke too much but like look at you with some additional respect i'm not quite you know it's trying to just think through the the nomad storyline in 2077 right like <laughs> well right exactly and you know so there's a i'm sure there's both curiosity there's curiosity respect maybe a little bit of wariness but not a whole lot but something that makes her more human to people instead of right. just sitting in the corner tinkering on her deck yeah right all right, so uh, time passes. They give you a vehicle not as cool as the one that you had, but non-discreet um, serial numbers filed off to get back into the city. They <laughs> give uh, you know Nomad a place where she can drop it off for the contact. Um, they uh, and so you, you're able to uh, get to the the meetup with Athena, and I'm move our screen over to the parking deck here. Excellent. Uh, and I have to move me over to the parking deck, too. On the ride there, APT is going to bring up, we should be prepared for a double cross. <laughs> kind of out of nowhere. It's like she's been processing the whole time. And she's like, just, we should be prepared. That's all I'm saying. I don't know anything, but... I mean, that's kind of why it's I not upgraded a, my gun not a bad before thing. I upgraded anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
You arrive at the parking deck. You know what? At some point, just so it's said, Omen's respect for APT is like growing (laughs) measurably over this time. (laughs) So at some point during the ride, when things get like, you know, during some sort of point when they get out of the car and all that shuffling around, Omen says... APT is shotgun. Uh. <laughs> APT knows what this means to a nomad, so she <laughs> she will happily take shotgun. Bob is crammed uh, in next to <laughs> shaking baby <laughs> with, with, with a rocket launcher <laughs> and an assault rifle. Knees up, knees sticking He's got the big camera too, because this is. I mean, it's they're not small, <laughs> so he's got like that. You know. My hey, maybe uh, maybe we should drop off uh, shake and bake uh, a little ways away so that he can get uh, a drop on anybody if they're going to try and get a drop on us. So I have to ask. So you're you're kind of crammed into this like mini, right? Because your your Aaron's like Omen's default ride is not a particularly like great ride, correct? Luxurious. Car. It's like a subcompact. So, right. So there, there it is. It is awkward. Like the rocket launcher is point. <laughs> the rocket launcher like probably has to like point like you you've popped out the back window and put it in the trunk so the, the rocket launcher. Say, the rocket the launcher has no ammo anyway. I probably just shoved it in the trunk. I don't think it's big enough to like. I'm mistaking this as like a subcompact. Like the problem oh, is you God. can't put it in a trunk. <laughs> I we would like, so it's like it's like when you go in a small car and you go to the lumber store and you need something or you go get something from a store that's just too long. You know, it's like shoved in the trunk, but it's like hanging out between right there's the orange angry tape bob. off the back to indicate yeah between like angry bob and shake and bake it's just like sticking out between them they have to kind of like duck underneath it to talk so i want to know what happens with it the, i imagine there are momentary like with any time you're on like a long ride with like four people right like you guys are chit-chatting things are maybe a little bit awkward but then there's that silence that comes and what i want to know is does the does the the what happens with kind of like this unspoken um, anger that is out there um, with how the job went down and the rocket launching of the Zeta, like that whole situation, like does it, does it go unsaid or is a moment on the drive where it comes to a head? Um, there's some respect that Omen also has for now shake and bake. <laughs> he protected the group. So there's some loyalty she has. Um, she's keeping it stifled. She, she being dramatic is not very good in getting, you know, getting all obsessed in your feelings is not always the best way to I think run things. So I think it goes on. I think APT would, while riding shotgun, just look over at Omen and do the, you good? And, you know, give her the opening, but, you know. Just the very, the very quiet. You good? We got a job to do. That we. I don't screw up the job. We do. Although that was said probably a little bit more. APT <laughs> <laughs> so would grin at this and go back to tinkering. Just, just, just <laughs> enough of a chuckle that Omen knows that she gets it. So does Atlas 
like do anything. Like clearly, there's a, some residual tension, but I don't know that it's actually a thing you would act on. So you do um, you. <laughs> I don't know. Does yeah, Atlas notice? I think so because I mean, <laughs> because outside of like the exterior, like I've got s- several guns on me at any point of time. <laughs> He's also like this like goofy like always kind of like got a like grin on his face kind of guy so he's probably like just watching and seeing like the the i guess the tension and he'll probably be like so uh think we could get through this part of it without me getting another slug stuck in me (laughs) fireworks were nice but uh I didn't like much of the happened after that. Now, 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 that. now, now, Alvin's practicing some uh, control. <laughs> <laughs> and is, was that meant like self-deprecating from Atlas? Yeah, like, a little bit. As as, uh, as abrasive as Bob is, he actually cares about people. So, um, <laughs> you know, he'll he'll kind of duck underneath the rocket launcher to be able to look at shake and bake. Uh, and it's like, yeah. Uh, I think you were probably right with what you did, but, uh, I think we need to have a longer talk after this whole thing's over about <laughs> like giving people signals and, you know, I think we're good, but, uh, yeah, not everybody agrees with how that thing went down. Oh, I thought seeing the jet was the signal. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we, I think we need to just have a. I think we just need to have a sit down, you know, nice dinner, maybe some beers, and sit down and talk. And uh, you know, this is our first run together, so I think we need to like figure out how to communicate a little bit better. APT well, pimps up with maybe some code words. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Not All right. So you shot. arrive at the, the so, <laughs> so you, you approach. So, so how are you? So, so, uh, Omen, are you dropping off the vehicle at like the, the drop off point for the, for the nomads? And then you guys are, cause presumably your own vehicle is stashed somewhere else. Um, and then you guys like yeah, huffing yeah. it to the, how are you approaching the parking garage? Well, as Bob was suggesting, uh, he was saying, let's drop off Shake and Bake earlier, you know, so that he can get some, because this is a, a parking garage. Do we know what it looks like? Yeah, it's like a multi-deck parking garage. Um, so are the sides in, open? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so. I'm, I'm thinking like traditional parking garage. Like if we could. Uh, this map this probably does not do it. Uh, complete justice sure. but um yeah let's assume sight lines and what have you uh, but they're also not dumb right so you know that the you know whatever they're doing they probably like you would be able to like cover the crew i think if you were able, but you would probably have to you know i think the nature of the parking garages would be that and that what they would pick is that there are probably sight lines in but they would likely have picked it in such a place that there are strategically placed supports and or cars mm-hmm. like is if we could get like i know that when we're in there uh shake and bake may not be able to get a sight line on us but if a firefight were to break out 
we could get right. out of the cover uh, that was the, so that they might get drawn out. Um, and so the right. idea would be, you know, and talking with the rest of you, you know, it's like, hey, we should, you know, he does a good job from long range. So, you know, do you uh, <laughs> think you should all? I think we should place him there as a as a backup. I agree. We have him up top. Perhaps Omen and I take this stuff in, and Bob, you film everything. <laughs> you don't want me to negotiate again. So is 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 Angry Bob going to like take up a position next to Atlas to film from afar, or? Um. No, I think he's going to go in with with them. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, the, the makers, he, we've already met the makers. They know he's a media. They know he's already talked to them. I believe he's talked to them about wanting to do this documentary thing. So, you know, he'll he'll blur faces as needed. But gotcha. This is about edge running. Yes. You can't you can't film edge running from a block away. Gotcha. OK. The guy well, that we're moving with dramatic like it, voice. It doesn't sell right? well. Yeah. <laughs> what we're looking at here, it'd be like a David Attenborough edge running documentary. <laughs> it's like observe, <laughs> observe the edge runners as they try not to get ambushed. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the guy that we're meeting um, is that the guy that we met in the diner that was basically filed off no. the serial numbers on the guns or is it our our main guy that we saved from being uh torn apart by that one gang you're meeting so when you met before the people whom were at part of that initial contact were give me one quick sec because there, there were two makers there. at the diner that we met before and i think apt you were saying that we were meeting your fixer uh, or no. we got the job through my fixer. We are right. meeting Athena, who is our contact with the makers. OK, right. Right. So in the in the initial contact, you had met with Daedalus. Right. Um, yeah. And you had met with uh, he had two other individuals who were there with him, uh, Gabinus and Athena. Um, the Gabinus looked like he might have been the older man's son. So Daedalus was kind of like the grizzled leather vest wearing like maker um Gabinus was a, a younger guy who um you know he had the wooden handle of a shotgun protruding above one shoulder or what have you and then athena um was wearing a chain shirt obviously handcrafted long sleeve purple shirt uh um strategically cut to expose the chain underneath right and um two vintage nine millimeter pistols on her hips um so she looked like she was like the, the the person who goes out and does the meet and greet. So you're not surprised that Athena is the person whom you would be meeting with. Gotcha. Cool. So who's, you go into the parking garage. Who's carrying Sorry. the box? Okay. I'll do it. All right. I'll take up a – see if I can find a good post to take up where I can kind of – oversee everybody's movement. <laughs> preferably next to their guy that's probably doing the same thing <laughs> <laughs> across the way right um it's kind of like nod to each other um you can it happens at the, it happens at night um you and so you can hear in the background the high the high pitched squeals of the the um rocket blade 
a rocket blade race happening a couple blocks over right mm-hmm. um and there's kind of the random cheers that go off there's like the the music you know heavy music playing like just echoing off the the buildings of night city the the city feels more vibrant in a in a like collective sort of way than it has in weeks like there's just this this energy that is going down in night city is kind of there aren't a lot of things that bring the people of night city together but the razor blade races may be one of them or they are definitely one of them. Um, so you meet up, and this isn't a surprise. They would have Athena would have communicated this previously that Gabanus would be with her for the meet because she's not going to come by herself. Right. Um, and as you might, but they don't bring a whole crew of people with them either, right? They are discreet. Um, they come out from one of the vehicles. There's a, 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 a an unmarked van that they will step out of, um, and Athena approaches um, as. As this is happening, um, you know, showing how how little Bob has actually been on runs before, he's going to actually open a call from his agent over to Shake and Bake so that we can have an open line of communication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for all the talk of key, of keywords and what have you, uh, code words, there isn't one. There, yeah, we haven't made any <laughs> other than not bombshell. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> so I'm basically waiting for you to say bombshell yeah, or yeah. not bombshell. <laughs> if I hear the word bombshell, I'm like, things nah. are way <laughs> off the rails. If somebody says bombshell, <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess we approach and APT will raise a hand in greeting and gesture at the box. Athena smiles as she sees the box approach. Sees the box. This is, you've done very well. Impressive. Thank you. We've disabled all the trackers. Should be clean and ready for you. So, how badly did you hurt Zeta Tech? Well, they put a price out on us, so I imagine enough. <laughs> and she just kind of like chuckles a bit at that. Yes, uh, we'd seen the bounty pop up on. Uh, your friend Atlas is he? Uh, has he gone to ground? <laughs> he just she just used behind us. He's up on a building somewhere. Mm, it, it's cautions. his way. Appreciative. Uh, you know how it is. Indeed, she kind of looks to Gobanus and says, uh, "Well, we have our work cut out for us." Um, and so I, I'm, I'm guessing. So would it be a wire transfer for the money, or would she give you like physical EBs? I don't know if they do the gesture thing like in 2077 or – I mean it's digital in some fashion. Right. So probably yes. wire transfer. Yeah. yeah. So she just kind of like makes the standard motion for wire transfer um, mm-hmm. as you hand the back the black box over to her. Um, it says, it was excellent working with you. It's even more excellent that you were able to draw the ire of the corpos. They're all such bastards. They're down a truck. They look. are. We, we, sorry? They're down a truck. Um, it's uh, being taken apart even better so she's just kind of smart. so Gabanus comes over he takes the uh, he takes the black box loads it into mm-hmm. the van and Athena just looks to you and says this was an excellent this was an excellent opportunity for us to get to know one another and uh, I think there's going to be other opportunities down the road where we'll want to come back to you um, we're always looking for opportunities to stick it to the corpos and to liberate technology so that it can be used by all. Um, APT nods and, and smiles and says, it's been a pleasure doing business. Keep us in mind. Look forward to hearing from you. Little uh, free advice. They really don't like you. 
they offered us 10,000 EVs a piece to sell you out. Huh. So you might want to keep your head down for a little while. That is fascinating. Um, they've been trying to infiltrate for quite some time, but uh, it seems like they've really upped their budget. Thanks for the information. Yep. It's appreciated. And so that no, there's no ambush. <laughs> no, no, no. That, no, that's good. Well, let, they, they, when they, once they leave, I imagine we head back to our vehicle. Bob I mean, gives kind of a uh, resigned sigh. He was hoping for some action because that would have sold the story a little bit. <laughs> but it's also good just to have the money. <laughs> APT leans in and says, I could shoot you in the leg if you want. Nah, nah. No one would. No one would ever know. No, no. I mean, it's, I gotta catch it on camera. Otherwise, it, it just doesn't sell. And no, I'm, no, I don't need to be shot on camera by you. Right. APT just laughs. I'm a little confused. I'm only getting half of this yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Do you want me to shoot you in the leg? No, 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 shake and bake. Is I do not want to be shot in the leg. Oh, okay. No, everything went fine. All right. So there's there's there's, there's some. uh, How are you? (laughs) (laughs) So there so there's interesting things. Uh, This did not actually come up in uh, character creation because it may it may be referenced in the book and I just didn't see it. But there, Cyberpunk Red has this idea of playstyle based improvement. So this morning I sat down and said, you know, I should probably figure out what experience points are in this game. There's there's not experience points. Um, It is. Uh, improvement points, and you're supposed to give improvement points for how well oh. the um, how, how well the job went. But then each of you is also supposed to come up with your play style. So if you looked at page 409, because um, you get rewarded for your play style, and it isn't necessarily associated with um, your character's uh, role in terms of cl- you know class, like whether you're a net runner or you're a solo or what have you. And so they sum it as the, the types of characters which are, or the type of players are. So there's warriors, which are combat-oriented players who like to engage in tests of skill against adversaries. They want to build the strongest fighter in the group as well as have the best weapons or combat abilities. Um, the socializers are the social-oriented players who are all about overall game experience. They like to tell jokes, record stories, and contribute in ways that are not directly within the game. In and out of the game, they tend to take a supportive role. Explorer, uh, explorers, explorer-oriented players like to find new things in the world. They like to make friends and alliances and find places and experience new things. They also love to solve non-combat-related puzzles and mysteries. Role players, role-play-oriented players like to concentrate on playing their character as accurately to type as possible. They enjoy constructing elaborate playground uh, backgrounds for the character, often including personal props, pictures, and even special diaries. They enjoy acting out important scenes with speeches or elaborate descriptions. And so then there's this section like, what type of player am I? And so there is a, a four, there's a, a grid here, like four boxes that kind of are associated with warrior, explorers, role players, and socializers. And so the idea is, is that Players take a small quiz after they finish player creation. We're a little late, yep. <laughs> <laughs> which helps the player and the GM determine what play style best approximates their type. Um, in the boxes below, the player should choose five things they find the most important while playing. Um, 
The box with the most circles is their primary play style. The box with the second most circles is their secondary play style. And so we don't necessarily have to go through this right now. It could be because I don't know how we would <laughs> accurately stream it, but it is. it does actually go to XP because the idea is just like if you have um, – you know, if your primary, if you go to page 410, it then um, relates to your character, right? So if your primary role had been, say, um, warrior, uh, then you would have gotten IP for uh, used combat skills often, even if not, even if not to exceptional effect. (laughs) Um, And then you get more points for like, how well you did that, right? So there's basically a rubric that you're grading yourself on that we're grading you on based on how effective your character was within your own play style so if you're a role player then you you would try and stress your role playing and then you would get more points for that right and so when i go to actually award things um uh let's see after each game session the gm awards all players improvement points based on how successful they were in their mission if the mission was finished successfully or unsuccessfully the players gain improvement points based on their group success taking the value from the group column, which is on page 410. Um, unless they did something that the GM considers stands out from the other play styles that would award them more points. Um, if you didn't finish the mission, you get IP based on your primary or secondary play style, unless you did something that we think would stand out that would award them more points. Um, so for instance, if Bob Jones is a warrior type and he manages to defeat all the dreaded Team X by luring them into a crossfire trap that would fall under the very effective or clever use of combat skills, defeating several opponents in unexpected or unusual ways category. So Bob would get 50 IP for that feat. So I think the idea is you're supposed to get like the base level IP, which I think there's group. You know, IP. If we look at the group, yeah, the group mm. IP is the first column. You accomplish most of the, you know, group accomplished most of the of the mission goals well, showing strong cooperative skills. Um, and then, uh, so that's worth 40 points. 50 points is group accomplished most of the mission goals extremely well with a few stellar moments. The very best you can do at 80 IP is goal. <laughs> group's mission was legendary, accomplishing all mission goals set forth and also all side goals. You showed exceptional cooperation and teamwork. So that's not my us. thought on. I, th- <laughs> I think we did strong <laughs> cooperation and teamwork, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking it was forty was probably. Uh, I was thinking the, the 70, forty tier, you know. <laughs> oh, seventy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we did no. succeed. We got success. everything done. Uh, we were strong cooperation and teamwork. Like even when things were blowing up. No, we did no, not. No, I think I think I think sulking <laughs> for three days over the outcome. That was downtime. That was downtime. <laughs> that that I, I I would put that as part of the group's mission and the fallout from the mission. So that is not teamwork. That is that that shows that we had a lack of teamwork in, in a particular instance. But high on the role playing. But yeah, so but I I think that's where this is where the so sorry this is where the matrix is kind of important. So we may want to take we could take we could also take like a like a a five minute break, ten minute break, and everybody Mm -hmm. can kind of look at this chart and kind of come up with what their play styles are real quick, and then we could talk through that as to like how we should award the play style points. I'm just I didn't even know there was a sixty, seventy, eighty on the other page, so I thought it just (laughs) went to fifty. So anything above that is just gravy for me. Yeah, well, let, why, don't, why don't we take five minutes for uh, that and anything else that needs to happen 
Sounds good. And, uh, we can come back. Yep. All right. So back to the returning from our break. <laughs> we're talking about the steps that we we skipped, which was basically figuring out play styles. So yep. This isn't actually your character style. This is your individual person style. And then you get XP based on this. So uh, Chris, uh, during the break, had mentioned that for he, he came up as a primary role player and a secondary socializer. Uh, who would like to go next? I can. Um, I've got a uh, Aaron. You're on mute, by the way, just in case you needed to unmute. Um, I spent my five things in in three different areas, so I have a tie. Um, but <laughs> okay. I would say primary role player, secondary explorer. Okay. Because I like I to say, meet new people and contribute to the history of the world on the explorer side, and huh. in general, role play with a couple of things circled. On uh, I could have circled more on the role play side, <laughs> which is why I listened. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Um, I would say primarily a warrior, secondary role player. But like I was like I was saying, a lot of the role play stuff for for Atlas is probably like more home life, kind of like outside of a mission type of thing. Right. Well, we haven't really done too much of that. So, but yeah, secondary probably role play. Okay. And Aaron, I would say primary role player, and I'm kind of split between explorer and socializer, but I'll go with explorer a little bit more. Okay. I think this is an interesting concept because it, when you're writing the adventure, then like you can play to the things that people are actually interested in, in doing, which is not a thing I've seen in a lot of other RPGs, yeah. actually, given how crunchy the this rest of the really system is. Yeah, it, it seems almost <laughs> like it's it's a enhancement from the old vampire world of darkness where you have like two words. I can, and I can't remember it, even though I have the book over there, but like. Like, what's your drive and what's your mm. something else? And it's like mm. you put a one word answer and then you get experience based on if you role played that or not. Yeah. What were you going to say, Aaron? I, I was agreeing with you. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I feel like uh, one of the most interesting oh experience point or improvement point uh, systems I've seen. Yeah. I feel like. Having role player as one of the uh, things is a little weird, though, just because you, well, would you be playing this if you didn't enjoy well, playing role but, playing? But, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this is this could easily be as much a, a strategy or a mini game as it could be. A, I mean, mm -hmm. I've played with a lot of people. Now, I'm primarily a role player. I've been I got introduced to it when I was 16 and fell in love because I was in the drama program and, you know, it was great, <laughs> but, but not everybody, not everybody plays that way. Yeah. And it, it baffles me, but, <laughs> but you know, not everybody is in it for that aspect of let's pretend. Right. You know, yeah, I mean, they're right. the, the old school rules, uh, you know, the OSR movement that's been going on for more than a decade is like, Hey, let's go back to the, the old, the old rules that where you know chain mail original red box that sort of thing and play it like it was supposed to be played 
um, which is, you know, a nebula, nebulous concept there. But the idea was, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, more on the combat side and more on the characters will die fairly often. So you don't necessarily get super attached to them. Um, mm-hmm. you yep. know, and, and honestly, cyberpunk red does now have a minis game, uh, <laughs> that you can play. <laughs> um, they were showing it off at Gen Con, um, and recreated the cyberpunk 2077 dock scene with, uh, Oh wow. Uh, yeah. They had, they had cargo containers. They had a, a big dock. Uh, they had a ship with cranes and all that kind of stuff. Most of it was mm-hmm. printed with uh, 3d printed, uh, but you couldn't really tell from a distance. Like it was really well put together. Yeah. Yeah. So bringing us back to the, the challenge at hand. Um, so the other thing that we, we talked a little bit about during the break was like the cost of, of jumping up to the next level. Right. So, so for example, the, uh, for a typical skill improvement to jump from a six to a seven, what was your skill that you were giving as an example? David? Uh, like persuasion. Okay, so to go persuasion from a six to a seven would cost 140 IPs. Yep. So that's a and so if we're if we're looking at like, will this run cost you like yielded you uh, say 40 base for the group? You accomplished most of the mission well, showing off strong cooperative skills, and I think you guys mostly did. Um, you know, I don't know that it was went extremely well with a few stellar moments, which gets you up to to a 50. But with a base of 40. Plus maybe some individual IP rewards. You're only going to be at like maybe half of what you need to improve that up. And so I think one of the questions I have for the group is like this is a, a shorter term run. Although I think Chris and I were excited about playing more. Uh, like, do we want to multiply? Do we want to add a multiplier so that you can actually advance? Because at this rate, you would go on like three <clears throat> missions before you would have enough IP to be able to to do a thing. Whereas like you know, in Blades in the Dark, or uh, actually I guess in Scum and Villainy when we did that. I think everybody was leveling up every two sessions, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'd be okay with doubling it. Yeah, I mean, the question is: is like if we if we do another few sessions and we're then pretty darn powerful, or would people be willing to switch to a new character and then maybe we either keep the same progression or or slow down the progression for a longer term campaign if we wanted to do that? So yeah, I think you could drop gears. But I don't know, even at doubling it, I don't know that you're going to get to the, that would just allow you to get to a seven yeah. a little faster. In two sessions instead of like three. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Very true. Yeah. For me to go from, a, from any, for anybody to go from, because we all start at rank four for mm-hmm. your roll ability to go from a rank four to a rank five is 300. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's quite a bit of IP. Um, that's at least two, six to seven improvements. So, yeah. Right. Cause we could also do like times three for the group effort, like as a way of, we want to just see what it looks like to level up a character. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. You know, if everybody else is, yeah. so yeah, I'm cool with it. Aaron hasn't said anything. Aaron thumbs <laughs> up. Good. <Okay. laughs> so, um, so I think, uh, you know, I, I think we could looking through. So there's this this table, the point table, which goes through the different things that we had established, like what your primaries were. And so if you're looking at role player, um, you know, the rubric would have 
for, you know, for example, for Chris, uh, or actually, so we have, we have three people who are primary, uh, as a uh, role player. And so a 30 point gain would be frequent and effective use of role playing to accomplish a goal acted, not rolled to accomplish task. Um, you know, 40 would be did something out of the ordinary role playing wise, a clever speech or interaction in the game. Uh, 50, uh, very effective or clever use of role playing, a clever interaction or important role playing moment. And then the equivalent for the primary for Josh for Warrior would be starting at the basic. It's used combat skills often, even if not exceptionally effective. <laughs> <laughs> the mid range there, the 30, is frequent and effective use of combat skills, defeating the most dangerous opponents on a given uh, combat challenge. At a 50, Effective or clever use of combat skills, defeating several opponents in unexpected or unusual ways. So, what do you guys? What are your take on your primaries and like how you did during? Well, this I'm going to mention again that there is that second page from sixty to eighty. Well, yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, like you know, so combat skills are absolutely critical to the entire session in this game session without the character's help. Uh, I mean, party would have been totally defeated. That's 70. I mean, I (laughs) I honestly, I I would argue for 60 for, for Josh, because absolutely critical to the character in this game session, allowing the character to defeat a major opponent or long-term nemesis single-handedly. He did take down the air car and most of the, the Zeta tech. Okay. Okay. You know, and uh, you know, he didn't, defeat a major long-term enemy, but he probably created one. Created one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and that's the same thing. Right. I mean, yeah. it is. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. It's his origin story. <laughs> I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I, I, I think yeah, I would, I think I'd be good with that. That sounds. He created yeah. plot. Yes, he did. Oh. <laughs> and tension. Yeah. <laughs> I missed a shot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> One of you, you have a 50%, you have a 500 batting average. That's pretty darn good with that rocket launcher. That was pretty good, yeah. <laughs> if we're going with baseball terms, not that I follow baseball. So for our, <laughs> Ken would for tell our three better. role players, um, I, I've been following the Mets this season. Uh, by me, which I mean, I haven't actually watched any games this season. I've just watched like all the news stories about how horrible the Mets. Are. I just, <laughs> I just keep hearing that batting five hundred is a good average. Oh, yeah. it is, it is, and I have to say, having coached baseball, trying to convince um, like twelve-year-olds that striking out two thirds of the time is actually is still pretty actually good. Open, <laughs> is actually still pretty good. Um, is hard because you know they're like, but they want to hit every time, right? Yeah. And so it's like, no, no, no. Actually, if you were batting like. 300, you'd be doing That's pretty good. good in the bigs. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, how do you guys think you did role-playing wise? <laughs> I feel like we were all at least at 40. I mean, I thought Aaron's take on Omen and her reaction was really good. Yep. I've yeah. been, I've been ribbing David, but I think that just is <laughs> yeah. a tribute to how well he's playing angry Bob. I mean, angry, uh, angry Bob, Bob, he's, <laughs> He's he rubs people the wrong way, even though he tries to make friends, you know. So yeah, I'm, uh, and that, I think that's going to be the tension between our two characters because APT does her best to kind of stay in the background, do the business, like like any net runner, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like up in everybody's face and stuff, and so that's going to create that tension. But I think you've been doing a really good job with that. So you cool. know, I w- I think at least a forty for those. 
Um, you could you could make the case that we got to very effective, especially since each of those things shaped the story um, as we got into things. I mean, Angry Bob shooting his mouth off before the beginning of the heist kind of set things in motion, and Omen's reaction after the heist. You know, we 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 had at least forty five minutes of role play and quips around that. Yep, right. Advocating for myself, I did do the intros, even though they may not have come out. It's true. Doing the uh, just the speak of I need. I still have a job to do, and doing like the speech, even when we're like almost about to start combat. Yeah, it was epic. I loved it. I, th- I think APT has the 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 added challenge as a, as a role playing of like because you are like the more of the the laid the the background character that the, you don't it doesn't lead to those like obvious standout moments but I think um, they were there and consistent in the background right like and, and helpful in moving everything along right um, and the quips with <laughs> I want David I want Ray. APT to be that person that doesn't say much but when she does it's usually a zinger of some kind or it makes a point you know, it's just she's very very precision I, I would things, hope so. that as APT gets more comfortable with the group, that she'll open up to the group more, and that'll give you more opportunities to role play. I, I think I, I think that'll happen. I felt like that was starting to happen with Omen. I felt like there was probably going to be a sub scene in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's all heading in that direction. But I, I'm also trying to keep in mind that you four are effectively strangers at this moment. But it's it's too. definitely it can definitely head in that direction. Yeah. You're strangers so I, I in think, a very dangerous world too, which is another thing. Like you don't really want to let people in right, too quick, right? right. Um, especially in this kind of setting, right? So I think Aaron's like the whole. You know, um, I'm glad you remembered it, Aaron, because I have a tendency to forget at the end of a session, <laughs> like that emotional sort of like, ah, uh, yeah. But I, I, it's great that I think that that Omen was pissed off and came into camp, and then it drove the whole tension of this episode. It could have been a very like sort of downbeat sort of thing as we just mm-hmm. kind of just like relaxing, but I think it created, yeah. yeah so I think that's sixty. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, and the nomad background, like we touched on it a lot. I think it was a very important part yeah. of this particular adventure. And I think maybe, I mean, I, I could see 60s for, for, we would have had a very a, different, at least 50, I think. We would have had a very different adventure had, uh, had Omen not brought her clan in um, and got the other nomads to, you know, loan us a car and oh, all yeah. that other kind of stuff. We would, we probably would have had to have hit the facility before the truck left or like, set up some sort of roadblock, you know, getting a taxi out here or something like that, and then have to walk back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, so it might be as uh, Aaron could be a 70, right? Like role playing yeah. actions were critical to entire party in this game session, changed mm-hmm. entire game outcome through convincing role playing. Yeah. I'd be right? cool like, with that. I think, I think you just argued us into 70. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, Aaron, like, really set up a lot of this stuff. And it was all, it was almost entirely derived from role-playing, not just, like, roles, right? This is an interesting after like, self-review. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm thinking of the baseline. So, I mean, Bob did a lot of stuff that, like you say, did set some things in motion. So I could see 60 for Bob. Okay. 
Yeah, I'd be okay with that. I don't know that I was necessarily I Chris, critical like, to the party. So that was that well, would be 70. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you caused some really good comic relief. Unintentional. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that first session, you also... Uh, I did. Also, I did talk us out of and om- and um, almost into yeah. the same combat. <laughs> yeah, true. This is true. Which is even this is true. More like it's very nuanced role playing, yeah. which is even better. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I got us out of the com- combat, but you know but what? Then my mouth my almost got us back into it. <laughs> I'm like crazy. Yeah, so, so I, was, I almost got us back into it, but you know, <laughs> James. Honestly, I see. I see David's character as the main character with which is being narrated this world and the experiences. So I see Angry Bob as our tour guide. Angry Bob's like <laughs> this our narrator. Book, we'd be with Angry Bob. You know, yeah. documentarian is the idea mm-hmm. behind Angry Bob. Yeah. I, I, what is, main what character, is not necessarily is what I'm saying. It's like, like, you may have an emotional attachment to Angry Bob because he's the narrator um, and a char- and a character at the same time. But um, yeah, I, it's more than just Angry Bob show. <laughs> what is a what is a a sports thing without the color commentary? Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So. You got to have the announcers going. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, Chris, where do you think APT falls yeah, into this? I would I would throw myself at a fifty. Uh, nothing that APT contributed from a role-playing standpoint I felt was critical. I was particularly proud of the swinging the the, uh, <laughs> the electromagnet around and, and actually hitting the uh, the AV, but I I don't know that that was critical. So I would I would throw myself at a fifty for for the role play. I did like the touch of pulling in your your background because they they hit you with this over and over again is that you should be looking to your character backgrounds Mm -hmm. and life path as informing things. And so I think you pulling out that that connection that APT had to the European nomads, you know, you could have easily forgotten about that. And the rest of us could have forgotten about that. But having that like kind of like bringing that up as a subtle thing and that kind of like points out to to omen hey right like i do have kind of have this sister on the team who who shares at least some sort of life experiences right mm-hmm. which hasn't mm-hmm. become a big thing yet but it could you right. know depending on I where mean, we go with the nomad storyline so. and i i spent a lot of time on her background so that's going to be coming in there's so many hooks there for you ken so many <laughs> yeah i know i know so, so yeah i mean i'm yeah. i'm pretty proud I'm of that i'm going to argue with you chris mm-hmm. I'm going to argue with you there. I think APT is a 60. Uh, her non-reaction was oh. uh, part of what lowered Omen's temperature. I was also going to say okay. the entire warehouse like um, situation where it's there been was two months. Hurt. I forget what <laughs> right. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, was that the, the entire warehouse? With, that was the, the APT show right there. Well, that was, yeah, that was our pre-stream stuff that we didn't actually record our, our initial go around. So are we, if we're including that it. for sure, still take it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Then, then, well then sure. I will happily accept the, the judgment of the party. So we'll say that the group was uh, – I think the group was a solid 50. Okay. Um, so do we want to times three the combined experience? So for Josh, by way of example, that would put you at 110 normally, 
times three would be thirty-three thirty. Yeah, yeah, that'd be the same for me. Um, does that seem like I, that would let you like basically level up your characters for next time? But I don't know that it's going to be like transformational. And I think part of what we're trying to do here is get a feel for um, the game itself. Mm-hmm. I think we played them enough over the four sessions to be able to have a sense for what your character was capable of. So yep. I'm cool with basically people being able to level up in some way for the next arc. So where does that put us so, at? So let me, I'm going to do some math. <laughs> so I th- Aaron was, I think, 70 um, with uh, with the base 50. So that's 120. So that's 360 for you. And then okay. I think everybody else gets 330 because I think we talked everybody else up to a 60. Yeah. Yep. Well, that'll be enough to take me from four interface to five interface, and that might be about <laughs> the end of it. <laughs> Unless you want to, um, actually, uh, yeah, I you could buy a new I, skill uh, <laughs> at rank one. Uh, yeah, I think the interface will get me more bang for my buck. Yep. So uh, downtime, so kind of transitioning a little bit. Like, so I think we'll figure out like how everybody's going to choose to level up later. Um, downtime, uh, we, we established that Atlas only needed three days to recover his hit points, and he doesn't need any special surgery or anything like that, uh, which is a, a different sort of uh, level of trauma that would have created additional context. Uh, how much downtime are you guys thinking of taking? So Cyberpunk Red has a check mechanic for figuring out what you do during your downtime. I think it's on a weekly basis, right? Mm-hmm. Sir. So how much time are you guys thinking like you go about your regular lives while you're setting up your next run? Well, um, I know I want for um, Omen to be working through some of her issues with Aikido. Okay. Um. I know APT would expect probably about two weeks, and she would be doing other jobs and hustles in that meantime. Yeah, I figure a couple weeks is probably enough for us to lay low long enough where <laughs> we're not automatically just jumping into the next job, but you know, give us some time to see the fallout from our previous job. Right, yeah. You want to say two weeks? Uh, yeah. yeah, it would either be two or three weeks for for Angry Bob because living in a cube motel, eating kibble, um, and well, I also want to get the lifestyle. Doing so. the uh, <laughs> doing the media hustle is just not good enough. <laughs> yeah. So what? Are, so let's let's uh, let's talk lifestyle. What are your guys' uh, lifestyles? Well, as I said, I have APT. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm eating kibble, you know, the the horrible food you might not buy for a dog you liked. Uh, once a month, you can see a movie or a brain dance. Um, and then I'm in a, a 500 EB per month uh, cube hotel. Uh, and that is going to leave me uh, 350 EBs after that lavish expenditure. <laughs> All right, so that, that's a good like. Sort of, and how much does how much does kibble cost you? It's a hundred, and then five hundred for the cube hotel. I could have gone generic prepack, uh, which is food that is much better than kibble by comp- by comparison. 
uh, and each weekend I could afford to go out and have to a good bar or party or have a sit down meal. You know what? I am going to go to generic prepack. So I'll have 150 <laughs> left because, uh, because angry Bob has to socialize and go out and meet contacts and talk with people. And so, uh, I think generic prepack is as low as he's, he can go in terms of, uh, food and entertainment. Okay, cool. So we also, you know, with three weeks worth of downtime, you'll also earn money on your side hustles. So, yeah. uh, APT, what's your uh, what's your lifestyle? Uh, she's living the kibble lifestyle, mostly so that she can afford a better place to live. She has a cargo container. Okay. Uh, sorry, what was the generic prepackaged cost? Uh, generic prepack was three hundred, so it's triple oh, wow. the kibble. <laughs> Car- I, yeah, Angry Bob can't even afford the cargo container, which is a hundred, a thousand EBs a month, which is yeah. luxury. And he's like, man, if we if we had taken the ten thousand, I could almost <laughs> buy a cargo container for that. <laughs> it only needs another start renting 5, it out, 000. right? <laughs> uh, Aaron, how's a uh, omen living? Uh, Omen lives, I would say, a little bit more dangerously than everybody else. Uh, she sleeps in her car and eats kibble. <laughs> so she just likes being with her car, um, even over a cube hotel. So I guess I'm going to have to be rolling a survival uh, check. Well, you're living on a street in a vehicle, so that's endurance. Yep. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Where's endurance? It's under body? Up oh, there it is. Oh, weird. I didn't even see Yeah, that. actually, you and I saw something earlier saying that it was a survival check. But now both of them say... That's uh, to live out in the wild. Oh, uh, living yeah. in the street, not, not, uh, not, the not sleeping in the wilderness. Got it. All right, what page is like, was the lifestyle on? 378. 378. 377. 378, okay. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, Bob might need to up his endurance from level zero <laughs> if, if he's going to be working on Cube Hotel because the next step down is on the street. So it adds to her crankiness because she's fatigued. <laughs> so presumably, oh, so I, I think maybe we we would uh, at the end of the three weeks downtime, we'll just do like a final roll for that and determine like how you come out of it, right? Because yep. presumably you have some good nights and some bad nights. Okay. But most of the time, you're just sleeping in your car, right? Yeah, just yeah, yeah. The book yeah. says uh, sleeping in your car will leave you fatigued the next day. So yeah, that makes sense to right. roll it at the end. So I guess but it might right. impact your like you know, given background check or given your lifestyle roles, so, um, and so then, uh, who am I missing? Shake and bake. Angry Bob. Oh shake no, wait. And shake and bake. Shake and bake. Atlas. Um, yeah, shake and bake. After the job is done, is gonna go back to his uh, his cube with his. Uh, uh, What's the uh, 
the generic prepack um, for for a specific reason. Um, he's bringing home a little treat for his little little kitty cat that he lives with in his cube. <laughs> got a little kitten. His name is Scratches. He's got a little scar over <laughs> one of his eyes. A little stray that I found and took in. He lives sleeping next to a so so a cube so uh, a cube hotel. Um, it's five hundred. A single windowless room with a nice strong lock where you can touch both walls if you spread your arms. Mm-hmm. Flat pack furniture folds out of the walls, converting your cell um, from a chair with a desk to a bed with a small television, and you share it with a litter box. <laughs> yep. But it's cheap. I don't think I don't think Omen would feel comfortable in a situation like that. I think that would be really bad for her. So that's why I'm going to go with the sleep in her vehicle because it's under her control then. Which is, I think, more important to Omen. I just assume I don't have a car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, APT does not have a car. Yeah, yeah. Bob gets around on public transport. (laughs) I'm walking everywhere. So so we're at 11.40. We've done a lot of, like, uh, bookkeeping. We've now figured out some of the baseline for where your characters are at. Um, Do we want to quit here and then do finish up downtime at the beginning of our next session. We could allocate like 45 minutes or so to go through it. Um, we could also handle it offline if we just want to like talk about the consequences of it. What's your preference? Cause I don't think we can get through everybody in 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, Hey, well, okay. quick question, uh, related to it. Uh, is this going to happen before or after IP expenditure? Um, I would, th- that's a good question. Um, I think, what, what do you got? What's your then? I, I then I would say let's let's go IP. ahead and uh, let's go ahead and handle it offline, um, so you can think about it. Um, it, it. The difference is, is I think I'm probably going to go up to level rank five, which is the next step up in terms of hustles. Gotcha. Right. So I think what we, what here's what I think we do. We level up between sessions. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we'll kind of report out at the beginning of the next session. And then I think it would be cool to record downtime to just talk through like yeah. what happens and then we can riff on what happens and we'll see how far we get in that particular session. Cause we, we kind of have a tendency to skip over downtime, but I think it'd be fun and have some role-playing opportunities that like oh, yeah. we should at least try it. Definitely. And if we decide that, yeah, you know, it's actually not that interesting to do from a recording perspective and we'll just handle this through, you know, discord going forward, but still it'd be fun to try it once. The other question is, uh, um, when is the – I keep thinking rollerblades, but the – what was it called again? The rocket? Oh, uh, rocket, rocket blades. Rocket blades. Like when is that going on? So I had originally said it was going to be at the end. So it's happening throughout the whole month. Okay. Right? So those would be some of the backdrop perhaps even for your own jobs. Um, and so it would be hitting its climax at the end of the month. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so that so you got in terms of the media, in terms of the like the media hustle, he's probably covering like the human story behind uh, behind the Rocket Blade competitions. So is is I think where Angry Bob's going to be for his hustles. Gotcha. And so uh, the, the one last question I kind of have from a bookkeeping perspective is, what year is it? Twenty forty six, twenty forty five. What's the difference between the number? <laughs> I don't think there is. I think it's really right. just picking a date. So, I, you know, is it – I'm kind of thinking – You said that there's uh, events that is. could happen. So I, my, okay. my, uh, my take on it 
is uh, you pick whatever is going to be the most fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and just let us know what year it is. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. I will do that. <laughs> cool. All right. I'll do a little research. Well, uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, We do this – well, we're not streaming it right now, but uh, we plan on doing it in the future. But uh, check out LayerOfSecrets.com and all our social stuff is on there. Uh, So uh, head on over and tell your friends.